Welcome to Empowered by Women for Women. This podcast brings you inspirational women and their stories, their successes, and their experiences along the way. Join us to be challenged and inspired. Brought to you by Mvintage and hosted by myself, Trudy Kerr. If you listen to the Interviewer podcast, you will know that I recently interviewed Keith Tedesco, who wrote, directed, and produced the film Awea. Well, as a subplot of the film, a young man drives home drunk and his parents are called to identify a body from a car accident believed to be him. The distraught mother is played, played by Angel Galia. And as we stood in the line at the preview to go into the theatre, Angel and I got talking <laughs> about what else Angel is up to. And I invited Angel to come and talk about her work on Empowered. Since then... <laughs> Angel, you have haunted me every day via billboards and online adverts. It seems once the thought is there in my head, you are everywhere, (laughs) especially because you are a household name and a household face. Of course. Angel, welcome. It's so cool to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. That is an embarrassing introduction. It's like not a household name for sure. No, I'm sorry. You're everywhere. Oh, it just happened to be like that. I think I think Google was um, was checking your research and they were flinging my face at you. <laughs> listen, if that was the case, was. Google okay. was reading my brainwaves and that's <laughs> even more worrying. But listen, I'm so glad you're here because oh. you mentioned in the lineup where we, as we were waiting to go in, you mentioned a number of things and we can talk mm. about them through the course of this interview. But before we go into the projects that you're working on or have worked on, because we're going to talk about those as well, I want to take a quick run through your resume. Okay. Well, your resume says that you are a writer, an actor, and a producer. Yes. Mm. So just for anybody who's listening, I know you're a household name, and I know you're a household (laughs) face. And a great giggle. Thank you very much indeed. (laughs) But what have we seen you in? What have you written? What is something that you can name mm. that is familiar? So apart from seeing you in Atlas adverts down... (laughs) Down, you know, seven yeah. meters wide yeah. uh, at the yeah. Eden Cinema. Yeah. Where else would you have been on television? Or yes, yes, yes. So I present um, lottery sometimes and Super Five. I'm also on a presenter on a radio station, 103. So I do a morning show. Mostly I act. So I act mostly in theater and sometimes in film. Oh, I've been cast right now. Um, I'm a 50-year-old. Yes, <laughs> a blonde 50-year-old. That's my next role. So that's fun. <laughs> Whole script is going out the window because I want to talk about being a blonde 50-year-old. You know I'm 48. I'm heading towards 50 yes, and I'm blonde. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I yes, can yes. help you with Thank this. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, I'm 46, so I'm there. Yeah, you still need a bit of coaching from Thank you. the person who's yes, closer I to that age. I appreciate it. <laughs> everything thank you listen first of all I want to say huge congratulations for your part in Awea and the production really surprised me yeah especially in the interview Keith shared that he'd funded the project himself Mm -hmm. and given the topic of course led by and starring a an amazing cast which was absolutely fantastic how did you become involved in that project well uh he called me I was not entirely familiar with him, but I had worked with him on another film set. Um, so he called me and he told me the subject. So that intrigued me instantly and why he's funding it himself. So I wanted to, I wanted to help him out. 
also there was Clara Juice and she's my friend. So, <laughs> so, so you know, just saying. In that interview, it was in, uh, phenomenal because he had such a passion for the project. He had yeah. a passion. He wanted yeah. to make it happen. He'd been sitting on the script for, for 10 years, waiting for the opportunity. And he said exactly that. He said he invited this person yeah. and this person referenced this person. And everybody was doing it yeah. because they believed in the script, but also mm -hmm. because they were there with people that they exactly. worked with. Uh -huh. um, I have a good rapport with Claire. I've worked with her before. I love her. But um, also the, the message that he was bringing was well needed. It's really, I mean, wherever you drive, there's so much anger, uh, irresponsible driving. You know, I, I wanted to be involved in, a, in, in something that's going to bring this across. And I love the later scenes when after the whole drama of my son, blah, 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 um, that the, the older people just keep on drinking and then they drive as if nothing happened. And then we you know, uh, <laughs> like you're not understanding. Exactly. And to put that in context for anybody that hasn't seen it, the film is exactly. about mm -hmm. two young men. The subplot is your son. Mm -hmm. The main character is tired and, and driving mm -hmm. and he goes missing. And on the same night, your son goes missing and yourself and Clara Juice and the respective husbands are called to the hospital yeah. to identify a dead body. And it turns out your son had been drink driving, yeah. which is so incredibly common in Malta. And the scene that you're Horrible. referencing is yeah. after this happens, yeah. the parents are still drinking yeah. and then getting in the car and driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is a very bad attitude that we can't get rid of. Uh, no one's learning from every tragedy that's happening. No one is learning. I don't know what, what it's going to take to learn. Either a huge governmental campaign. You know, when, I was, when we were younger, we used to get this uh, campaign where they taught people that um, we need to use seatbelts and that children should be at the back. I remember the very irritating, ma, 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 sheesh, I'm not odim, I'm not odim. So, no, post it, wawara. So, you know, I, the child wants to send, stay in the front and their, their place is at the back. And that really, I mean, I still remember it. So my children were always at the back and they're still at the back. But your role in that Ugh, and your portrayal yeah. and that scene, mm. I was absolutely... No, it was not. It's not gobsmacked not because you mm. go to the hospital no, and you have to identify fun. a body. Yeah. And you and your husband really pull this scene yeah. and it has impact. It has such impact. But I'm I'm talking no, to you about it as if you're still affected by that. Oh, no, no. I'm affected by every role because I just am. I In the role, I am. I don't play around. It's I... I become the mother of the, the that that her son died. So it's sometimes like when 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 I played a person in prostitution, it, I, I was that person. And then when I let go, I got guilty because I could let go of the character. Even with this one, I could let go of it because touch wood, it hasn't happened to me yet. So, um, but there are mothers whose children. I mean, there was a very horrible accident about 16 years ago, I can't remember, where five young peop young boys were killed in one crash. And I remember, and every time I drive there. So I went there with my brain, and it was horrible uh, for me to scream out. <laughs> I, I screamed. I mean, I, I scared the doctors in, uh, in the hospital, St. James. They came to, um, to check, and they were warned that I'm going to scream, but they still came to check what was happening. 
because I think I I would have brought the <laughs> if it happens for real and that's for me it happened for real that's how I I become it it's there's no acting you become something that's incredibly traumatic yes it is it was it was uh, I I was trembling up to it and after until you know the adrenaline left had you seen that scene had you seen the film before no no of course not no it was just my imagination before the premiere you saw it at the same no, time no, no, no. wow yes no 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 i was actually clara Jews was sitting next to me and she held my hand throughout the scene i was petrified because i i did not want to hear me no uh, and 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 in my head it was louder obviously so <laughs> it was huge traumatic I don't know. I was crying. <laughs> so. Well, so was I and the person that I <laughs> yeah, had gone to yeah, the scene yeah. no, no, it was, to see it the was film a... with. And, and absolute respect to you and to every actor that was in Awea and to yeah. Keith yeah. for fronting up his own cash yeah. to make such an important piece. And I would recommend to anybody to see it yeah. because the message is so powerful. And I think it's something we all need to take home. I think so. I think so. In Malta, this is becoming a, a new pandemic. You know, there's drunk driving or, uh, you know, under the effect of drugs or, you know, just the anger or too tired from too much work. Everyone is trying to keep up with certain expenses. So, you know, from one job to the other and like the character is doing in the film itself so um, I think we need to slow down and stop and reflect I had a bit of hope in the beginning of the pandemic when we started slowing down but I think we forgot it big time and we're rushing straight to a wall <laughs> seriously I can remember asking in this series of Empowered do you think that we will come out of the pandemic differently Mm. Will we mm. have changed? Yeah. And the sad answer was no. No, no, no. Because, um, this is how I see it, we have not changed since mm, Neolithic times. <laughs> we still get angry and kill each other. And we haven't evolved since then. So a mere year and a half would not change us. And this has been a recurring phenomenon pandemics have it's not the first pandemic that has happened to human humanity and we have not learned so i'm not surprised that this hasn't happened i think it will take much longer we haven't been existing on earth for very long 200,000 years and that's a blimp you know when we're born when we're young we are affected by the immediate and then eventually we start thinking of others you know we're within the shoes of someone else so empathy comes along but some people get stuck <laughs> and don't evolve enough to have that, mm. which is such a pity because then they go and rule us <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> or have too much power. Wow. OK. Oh, fair yeah, enough. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wonderful undercurrent of what you just said. <laughs> I have lots of those. If you I are. am looking forward to them <laughs> throughout this discussion. When we met in the queue for our tickets, mm -hmm. you mentioned her say. Oh, yeah. Which is a production last month that yeah. consisted of three monologues and an epilogue. So I went and researched this. And one of the mon monologues played by yourself is in the role of a mother. Yeah. And you're talking about challenges that mothers face every day. Yes. And I have so many questions from this play. Now, this play has happened and yes. it took place in March. But I want to come back and ask you about this because it's a monologue. So first of all, is it not terrifying, even as an actress, to be on a stage 
only you, with no support from any other actors or actresses there talking directly to the audience. For how long was your monologue? This one was 20 minutes, but I've done, <laughs> I've done an hour and 10 minutes before. This is incredible. <laughs> 20 minutes on the stage by yourself. Yes. Is yes, that not yes. terrifying? They, all the attention is on you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, this is my second monologue. So my first monologue was a bit more terrifying. But um, like I said, you become the, the character. So if you make a mistake, you make a mistake in character. And that way you can save yourself. Because even though you're on your own, you know what's happening. So when you're when you're doing a dialogue with two actors, like um, and and the other actor is getting, uh, you know, his br- there's a brain freeze. I don't know. The line has has escaped. You are supposed to be able to save them somehow. So you feed them the line, or you do something so that you jog their memory, okay. and that's more difficult. You have to. I I had a very major freeze when I had. My uh, my apotheosis. Apotheosis was a, a a play I did in 2019, I think. Uh, th- this monologue, an hour and ten minutes, something like that, and I had a major freeze on first night, and I could he- I I saw myself talking to my husband, <laughs> telling him I'm having I had this major I mean like block during the performance, so I I <laughs> was really terrifying. So I then I came back. And I made sure that I calm myself and do it in character. And, you know, I was, I was, I was portraying an 80-year-old uh, female fictitious prime minister in a wheelchair with lots of prosthetics. and you know, Oh, my goodness. Very aged. Yes. I flustered around. I floundered in my wheelchair until it came back. And then I continued. It was, I think I aged. <laughs> <laughs> instantly not quite 80 but not quite 80 but that's what happens when you're on your own if you just have to own it in character and when you have a freeze and you you're blocked calm yourself stay in character be there in, in one with your character and then it will come back that's remarkable it it happens but the it happens the play i'm i'm really very, it, I'm so sorry I missed it because okay. it so looked it was just one weekend. Amazing. You've got these it three women fun. playing very oh, different yeah. characters and different ages. But it's also a very female themed production. And there's, as I said, there's three women talking about their life experiences and they're different where they are at that point. How is this received by other women? Because it is so female centric. Yes. How is it received by general audiences? Well, we on stage as as we performed, um, the we try to bring in the the humor, so it's not nagging or it's you know you laugh at yourself so that the tragic parts come out more poignant. So it was well received, and I could tell that there were a lot of women watching and relating. And I have no doubt they were because that then covers a wide range of female yes. women experiences. Yes. So it was very well received by women, but was it received by men, men. as well? Or was it just, this is for no. women, it's about women, no, no, no. chow we, men? Yes, no, no. We, we, we spoke about, we, we tried to sell it as, it is, uh, women are half the society. And getting to know their story, their side of the story is very important 
for the well-being of all the society. So we sold it like that. And there were men. And and some of them came to tell us, you know, it was um, eye-opening at points how, for example, uh, little housework they do. Or, you know, they take the woman for granted. And they wouldn't even know, realize, because they're used to a status quo. And it's not... I'm not saying it's their fault, it's society's fault. Because even other women, they accept it. My character accepted it. She's always saying, what can you do? You know, what can you do? She's always saying that. And then she challenges it. And then she complains. And then she catches herself that she just complained. And she tells you, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm complaining, right? Sorry. Something like that. So, So that hit home. And I would say that's a very common scenario. It is. It is. And if they don't say it out loud, they're thinking it all the time. They're, because you have to excuse society around you or else you end up bonkers. Well, sometimes. whilst we were waiting for popcorn, you went on to mention <laughs> that you wanted to see more female-centric productions yes. in theatre. Why? Why do we need more fo- female-focused theatre? Is it just to talk about female issues no it's about even in history we we know everything through the male perspective how about if we had to say if we had to say the world war ii story in malta so really really focused but through the eyes of not of the soldiers and who died there but through the eyes of the woman who had to give birth under a a, a bed during an air raid you know, uh, and she's or she's heavily pregnant and she has to take five other children down to the shelters. Why aren't we talking about that? That's a really good question. Exactly. And we need to. I'm, I'm writing another play with another woman on that because I find it's it's a it's, it's history that we're losing. This happened, this particular instance where she the the child was born under a bed was my mother and the the grand my grandmother had to you know take five kids when she's heavily pregnant during an raid um to the shelters and she would not talk at all about the war because for her was very traumatic apart everything else okay you you're absolutely right because when we talk about the war Certainly in my upbringing, we might have talked about Churchill and we might have then exactly. have talked about Hitler. We might have talked about exactly. the soldiers going yes, out on yes, the front yes. lines and, and, died so on, and which and was relevant to course. have those discussions. But you're right, we never talk about it from a female point of view. Yes, and and all the all the women that are coming together to bring up the, the, the children and all the sacrifices that they're doing, all their mental gymnastics that they're trying to figure out because they, there's no food, like... They could, can't breastfeed because there's not enough food. You and know? rightly so. You mentioned just before we started recording that in some respects, history is repeating itself. Because, Completely. of course, we have the situation with Completely. Russia and Ukraine. Yes. And the women are being sent away with the children mm-hmm. and the men are staying to fight. Yes. It's not that dissimilar. It's completely horrible because um, it shows that in 80 years, we learned absolutely nothing and this is 80 years, which we can, you know, some, some people are still alive. So they can see it, the repetition of history. It's so horrible. And this is an, in a civilized continent. You know, we're not, you know, sometimes they say, because it's the Middle East, because it's Africa, because, it, you know, they're less civilized than us. 
well, look at us now. This is, this is us. We're not much better. And I don't think, I'm, I'm not blaming just Russia here. I'm blaming everybody. This is a whole web of people that did not take the right decisions, that were not, they were not um, accountable enough. They were just there for the pay. They want more money. And most of them, unfortunately, are men. That's why we need more women coming out and standing. Look, I will not take this anymore because your decisions are affecting my children. So I cannot take it. And by my children, I don't mean my particular two kids. I was, I'm a teacher, so all my students are my children as well. <laughs> I take offense when something's not right, you know, because I find I'm responsible for them, you know. For me, mothering is not having your own two children. It's caring. Even the Pope spoke about that. Mothering is when you do a podcast and you talk about things for the well-being of society. That's mothering as well. It's very important that you find value in that because that changes the world. And little by little, tiny steps move you forward. I'm really surprised because I was coming into this interview to talk about acting and we have <laughs> concentrated so much on the role of women. And what I'm understanding about you is that, yes, you're an actress, you're a successful actress, you're a successful writer, you're a successful woman in career woman in whatever you do, but you're also extremely passionate oh, yes. about women's issues I and am. women's empowerment. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we get there, I want to close this theme of acting and mm -hmm. come back to this whole idea of mm -hmm. women female centric theater mm -hmm. and ask a bit of a contentious question. Post pandemic, Mm -hmm. Is there still space for theatre, for mainstream audiences, given that the pandemic drove us all to Netflix or whatever we could have on television? Is there still main, a space for mainstream theatre? Yes, because the energy, we, we, are, we are a species that loves herding. And as much as Netflix is so available, it alienates us from that herd. I'm glad to hear that theatre is going to stay around. Definitely. Now, I could sit here and talk to you forever, but I am <laughs> mindful that, that <laughs> we could probably go on for hours. Probably. You mentioned a number of projects that you have worked on. Mm -hmm. And can you just give me a brief synopsis of those? Because I'm excited by those. And then we're just going to talk about projects that you are working on and working on right now. So you mentioned about this yes, prostitution. And, and so one of us. For me, I'm, I see myself as a new writer. So I just did two pieces and one of them, it's always something that moves me to write. You know, I'm, I'm also a mother, so my time is always limited. Um, so uh, one of them was after four years of research on women in prostitution and how difficult it is if you're stuck in that cycle for your children to get out of it because you're the, you're the, the daughter of or the son of, so there's a huge stigma. And however way you look at it, even if it's completely legalized, there, the stigma is still there of course. everywhere. So that one, I had um, been given a fund, President's Award, and I, before that I had done about three years of going to this uh, drop-in center, Dar Hosea. It's where women are welcomed to 
eat, uh, you know, warm plate. Uh, if they need to shower, um, give him services like a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist for free. These are women who, some of them are homeless as well. And they come and drop in. I used to wash their plates, eat with them, talk to them, just so I start hearing them out. Um, then I studied a lot of case studies because I wanted to have a story about everyone and nobody in particular because Malta is so small. I did not want to have a story about someone. And then the, the fund was about uh, drama therapy for the, the women. And then I did a play about two generations, three, sorry, three generations of women. I love talking to the audience. And with, with this play that I wrote and my husband directed and I played it, and we used to go out and talk to the audience. The, sometimes the, the talk with the audience was longer than the play. <laughs> the play was just an hour. And they, they just needed to understand. Because these women, some of them are invisible. You, we shun them so much that we start not seeing them. Then the other one, I wanted to combine more science into it. So I went into the uh, genetic, eff genetic uh, effect of um, domestic violence. So there's, a, there's one theory, there's a research that's telling us that like with the PTSD that you get from domestic violence can affect, especially in young people, um, how their, uh, their genes are, yes, there's a, there's a jumping gene, it's called. So it, it jumps around. Like when, when cancer happens, there's jumping genes. So that's, that's one, one of the... Those are the two protections I've done. Now I'm researching on human trafficking, especially when it comes to young children. Because young children, um, they get trapped. And when they get older, um, the one thing that, that really resonates from, from the studies I've been doing so far is the regret that they didn't know that they were being trafficked, that they were falling for the tricks. Well, this leads me very nicely on to the last thing I'm going to ask you about, which is a project that you are mm -hmm. that you're writing with Valerie Bahaja about Maltese women and how they've been overlooked. And this really interests me. So we'll finish mm -hmm. up with this. Mm -hmm. And the anger that results from being taken for granted. And it sounds like this also ties into the monologue that you did as of well. Of course, of course. So what is this and when is this? Oh, that is still in the pipeline. We had a little fund to help us write, to develop a script, and then we'll, we'll still need to develop it. She's currently in a production back in Canada because she's living in Canada. And um, I, I, like, I like working with women because... Unfortunately, we have so much in common that we understand each other instantly when I say, you know, I've been overlooked or I've been looked at too long or, you know, I'm becoming, as I age, more invisible. And uh, this, this is a couple of monologues and dialogues that we developed uh, on this subject, the same. This invisibility, this not being heard, I hate that. You know, like what I'm saying is not as valuable as uh, if a man is saying it. I won't be voted as much if I'm a woman as if I'm a man. Like he's going to understand society more than me. I mean, how? I'm constantly putting myself in other people's shoes. And that's what a politician, let's go to that. A politician should be 
like, you know, how can you govern if you don't put yourself in your citizens' shoes? Go there. Don't stay, you know, earning loads of money, making more money for yourself, and then, you know, giving tiny rewards so that they vote for you. I find that irresponsible. And I will never stop saying that. And it's happening in Hungary as well. That's how he was elected. And it's happening. It, it, this ha- you know, feed them cake. Angel Galia, I'm going to finish up by saying thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for going into these situations where women are marginalized or whether they are invisible or whether they are abused or whether they're struggling or suffering and blowing up these issues that women are subjected to so that everybody can see it but also so that other women can acknowledge that they really do exist and I think through that that women can find strength. I really love your your show I I I love following you religiously. I've been following you from radio station and now here, and I'm sure I'll be following you wherever you go. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much.